Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters like you how to have more turkeys on your property and more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this through tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. And now, for this week's show. Welcome back to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. This is part three of episode three of my interview with Colonel Tom Kelly. In this part of the interview, Colonel Kelly shares his one piece of advice for new turkey hunters, the best turkey hunter he ever knew and why, his go-to turkey call, the story of his first turkey kill, and the story of his last successful turkey hunt. So without further ado, here's Colonel Tom Kelly. Well, in, in speaking of turkey hunting, what is the one piece of advice you'd give to any new turkey hunters out there who might be listening? Go as much as you can. Go as much as you can. Be, don't, and, and recognize to begin with that very probably somewhere around 25% of turkey hunting is calling. We fall in love with yelping. We fall in love with different kinds of yelpers. We we listen. We do the contests and we record them. And turkeys don't yelp that good. The shittiest turkey yelping you will ever hear in your life is done by hens. If you if you, you could go if if you had a tame hen that you could put under one arm and go in a contest like they do here and sit behind the bushes they got on the fence where the judges can't see you. And when they ask for the tree yelp, you could poke your head and she'd give the tree yelp and then the assembly yelp and then the fly-down cackle and all the rest of that garbage. And, and, and she did them. Not only would you lose, but at the end of the thing, they'd eat your ass out for making a mockery out of it, out of it. <laughs> And they say you you may, in fact they might flatten the tires on your pickup truck out in the yard, and they'd say son don't you never come back to this bad place till you learn how to yell. I agree with you, but yes, I I in the business of making calls. If I was in the business of making calls, I might be telling you that if you use the Tom Kelly call, you had a sixty three percent ratio, and if you use the John Smith call, you'd be way out there twenty one or twenty two. Yeah. I think knowing, uh, knowing when to yelp, knowing when to shut up, knowing when to yelp in context. Yeah, who the hell, what turkey is going to be fooled by somebody giving a goddamn fly-down cackle when he's been on the ground gobbling and and and, and had something um, for 30 minutes? I mean, man, he won't right. Yeah. Uh, uh, him, a gobbler gobbles to attract him. They come to him, they fly to him, they run to him, and when he when he hears them three or four times and nothing has come up, then he begins to get suspicious. And when he when the turkey gets suspicious, he walks off a quarter of a mile to be suspicious. He don't stay there and be suspicious. <laughs> that is very true as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Very true as well. I, I, I wish I, uh, I wish I knew where those curious turkeys were, the ones that just, what's that over there? They were pigs. The pigs were the ones we could call. That's right. That's right. Well, um, speaking of, of advice that you give to new turkey hunters, I'm going to put you on the spot for a second, if you don't mind. Who is the best turkey hunter that you've ever hunted with and why? Jim Andrews. Jim Andrews is dead. Jim Andrews was a good yelper. Jim Andrews, he was a good woodsman. He was a great woodsman. He was was a professional forester. He knew the land. He knew the country. He was patient. Uh, uh, He went a lot. Uh, but uh, he did things that uh, he mean uh, he just uh, again and again and again and again and I don't know how the hell he did it and I don't know why the hell it did but you'd be spring or fall and he did a lot of fall hunting. Uh, mm-hmm. Jim would be the one that found the turkeys, the one that, that, that saw the most turkeys, and he, he did it all the time. And it, it was just he, for some reason or another, he thought like turkeys. Yep. Now these guys, these guys who go, uh, I think I think the guides, the the guides uh, uh, for west of Elk, the guy Gus Strickland, I think Gus Strickland will tell you, he's 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 in that group about you know, you know seven or eight a year, uh, mm-hmm. hunting on no private land, hunting on lands that's controlled. Now you you take some of these. Some of these good farmers in their faded overalls that have to hunt on public land, their their average is not anything like that. Because there's too many other guys out there will. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, you mentioned something again about Jim Andrews that you mentioned when you were when I asked you the question about how spending your days in the woods helped you improve as a turkey hunter, and and that's something that I think that every hunter can. Um, put in the bank and uh, yeah, earn some I, interest on, and that's learning I, the land. Yeah, and I'll hear some. I'll hear guys talk, talk to me about white oak, white oak, white oak, white oak. Turkeys damn seldom eat white oak acres. In the first place, they ain't but five or six white oaks. There's about twenty-five or thirty commercial red oaks, and the acres are small. A good mm-hmm. big white oak acre is goddamn near the size of a ping pong ball. There ain't no sensible turkey. Fifteen feet down the road, further ahead of him, there's a water oak with a making that on it, about the size of your thumbnail. That he can eat easy and swallow easy. Uh, knowing, knowing, knowing the species of trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, all all these kind of things. He's got to spend time in the woods. Right. And he needs to spend some time in the woods other than this business of running out there two days before the season opens and say, everybody does it, but you, you really do it to find out what the roadbed is like and how far you're going to be able to drive and how far you're going to have to walk. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. And, and How I, many days? I think, I think that you need a lot of things we don't know they eat. We know what an acre looks like because everybody carries a pocket knife in his pocket, and everybody faithfully opens every damn turkey that he shoots. 
And see, he sees acres and then he said, mm, turkeys eat acres. You got oak trees, you got turkeys. You ain't got no oak trees, you ain't going to have no turkeys. Shut up, the subject's closed. Uh, they eat a lot of soft stuff. They eat a lot of grass. And God knows how much. They've done some studies, and these are not turkeys, but they're birds, but they've done some studies on, on stuff in Canada, uh, on snipe. And, mm-hmm. and they feed the snipe, and then kill him 10 minutes later, and then kill another one 20 minutes later. And then I would not like to be in the experiment, but they've done it. And then kill one 30 minutes later, and then kill one 20 minutes later. And some of the soft, some of the soft stuff, after the snipe has ingested the damn thing, 20 minutes, you can't even tell whether it was animal or vegetable. That's interesting. And I think turkeys eat a hell of a lot of stuff, and we got no idea what it is. I never believed, I never knew a sweet gum, a sweet gum ball, you know, with the little brown ball uh-huh. with all the little holes in it. The seed is down in those little holes. It comes out, and the seed is about the size of one of the um, punctuation marks, not not two like like a, a quotation mark, like okay. one of a of a pair of two quotation marks. And I I used to see to where turkeys get scratched under under tree gum trees, and I wondered what in the hell are they eating? Until we got to planting and we got a big planting program going, and we were planting some hardwood, and I saw sweet gum seeds for the for the first time. Those turkeys were scratching for sweet gum seeds. You'd right. never know it if you owned it, because I didn't. I, I knew what a sweet gum ball looked like, but I didn't know what a sweet gum seed looked like. Right. And then you've got instances like that. I think again and again and again and again. We don't know how many spiders they eat. They, we, we we they eat a lot of vegetable material and they eat a lot of uh, animal material, but we don't know how much. And you can't tell it by sitting off to the side watching it. And he digests it so quick that if you shoot him and run out there and open him up, there's some sludge in there and you don't know what it is and you don't know where it came from. I don't think we've got much of a good idea what they eat yet. And, right. I, and I don't know how to go about finding out either, by the way. But I, well, I don't think you can do anything but kill them and cut them open. That's right. That's, uh, that's the best you that's, can do. That's going to defeat the purpose, isn't it? Yeah, you can yeah. kill them all to see what they're all eating, and we won't have any left. That's right. We don't want to do that. Really. I killed one down in the swamp down at our hunting camp in South Alabama, and it had the biggest, prettiest crawfish in its crawl you'd ever seen. And, they, uh, they eat crawfish a lot. Not just a little bit, they eat a lot. I've watched them do it. And water, when the, when the water's going down after the floods in the spring, and mm-hmm. they, they follow that damn water just like they were beach combers. Yeah. You can see them wading around out there in ankle deep, ankle deep to turkeys, ankle deep water, and, and catch one and rear back and hold him up, and you can see the crawfish kicking while he goes down. <laughs> and there's other stuff like that, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, we're we're getting close to wrapping up. I have just All a couple right. more turkey, a uh, couple All more right. questions for you. Go ahead. Um, what is your what would you consider your go to turkey call? Are you a mouth caller? If you, if it, if it came down to where I said, Colonel, 
we're going to have a contest for a thousand dollars. First person to bring a turkey in wins a thousand bucks. It's just me and you. And, but you can only take one call with you. What I'd would that call be? I'd take a box call. I like a box. I use a box a lot. But when when, when a turkey gets up, reasonably close, we we run off more turkeys in the last sixty yards than we do any other time. The trouble with a box call or any hand operated call is you got to pick it up and put it down and do this and do that and find a chalk and do it. A mouth call you can stick in the corner of your mouth. I don't think it makes as good a note as a as a good box call. So because of the close work, I take a mouth call. I use two. I use a box call at, at distance and 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 as a locator call. And then I, for close work, I use a mouth call. Mouth calls, right. they're cheap and they're handy. And they ain't cheap no more. Ain't nothing cheap no more. No. Handy. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Again, about 8 or 25% of it, knowing when to shut up. And knowing when, to shut up, knowing when to shut up is valuable in many endeavors. <laughs> It'll help you in the home life, too. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, do you still have some of your original turkey calls from when you started hunting? Oh no. Uh, what What was the primary call? A box call back then? What? I I never saw a mouse yelp until about 1953 or 54, and the first ones I saw were homemade, and and the 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 thing that went around the horseshoe was lead, and one right. side or the other of the lead was exposed. And if you wanted a double, you sewed two mouth yelpers together out in the, and put them in your mouth. And, of course, they were so heavy that your knees started to give away when you, when you walked around <laughs> with them. In the, but, and, and I have said that if there's anything to this lead business and the ingestion of lead, that may be why I drool and stumble and run into trees and things because I spent 40 years sucking on a lead turkey yelper. Uh, uh, and ingesting lead into I might have been a contributing member of society if I hadn't been fooled with lead all those years. But it's just so damn handy. It makes a good note. And, and, and the close work, you want to club one time to get him to raise his head. You want to club just a little bit. Uh, you can't. Yeah, you can do it with a box, but it ain't easy. And I know right. you got boxes taped to guns, and you got them taped to the other end of things, and all that. But it, but if I if I if that's the only thing I had, I'd, I'd take them out yelping. Because you right. can't even have an old knife. If you let me have it too, I can have an old one, and you could squall on it like a like a chicken hawk, you know. And and you could use it as a as a locator call as well as a as, as a turkey call. Yeah, that's true, and uh, I've actually used them as um, to make a rooster crow if you're hunting somewhere near a farm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, yeah. that'll make a turkey gobble like crazy. And, and they make a they make a fairly good wood duck call too. Yeah, I hadn't tried them for wood ducks. Yeah, yeah. that's you do that or yeah, I can make all kind of sounds like that on it, not, but usually it's when I'm trying to call a turkey. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You did intend those un, 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 unknown sounds that you make. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, uh, 
do you remember the first turkey that you killed? Yeah, yeah. It was running in front of a deer draw. In that. Alabama, for years and years and years, we 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 drove dogs, drove deer with dogs, and 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 on on and, uh, on deer hunts, and and we would have forty or fifty sandals, and invariably in the in the pre-hunt thing, the hunt master would say, "Now, gentlemen, uh, we kill buck deer, turkey gobblers, and wildcats. We don't shoot anything else." And everybody on the drive had buckshot in one barrel of his double barrel and a turkey shot, a, a, a number six shot in the other. And in, in Alabama, and I suspect in most states, probably 75% of the turkeys that were killed were killed on deer drives. And the turkey was looking over his shoulder to see where the dog was when you shot him. But you neglected <laughs> the bitch in that part of the hunt in the in the hunt recount that you gave later on, you know, you had always, you heard him and you called him up and he ran over there and I shot him, which was all lies. He was really? running from the dog when you shot him. And the first thing <laughs> I ever killed was looking over his shoulder to see where the dog was. <laughs> all right. So the and last had, question I... Uh, and what's skill in that is buying money to A&P, too. <laughs> the last question I have for you is... Not really a question. Tell you told us about your first turkey. Tell me about your last turkey kill. Now, see, I didn't kill a turkey last year. Uh, I had last year was one of those horrible years. We just didn't have anything. It was uh, rough. It was, I mean, I, I, I know guys that. Uh, uh, <clears throat> well, last year I sat down to one goblin turkey all year, and oh. I didn't. And I didn't. I was already at him when he gobbled. I had to back up a little. I was almost under the damn tree he was sitting in, but we had a bad year. He didn't throw down. I killed one. It was a perfectly normal turkey. He flew down and walked up back. Just one of those textbook cases. Got to love those. Yeah, you got to love those. And then you cause that way you kill him, and then you got a lot of time to work on your story afterwards. See, <laughs> just, by the time by the time you get around and telling that he was. I called him across the swamp nine miles wide. He had three hens with him. Two of them was good looking, but I made him leave them and come to me. <laughs> and you and you do all that in, uh, in while you're sitting at the the local breakfast joint. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Breakfast because you killed right. him so quick. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, Colonel, thank you so much. I really yes, appreciate sir. you t- taking time to talk to me today. And uh, for yeah, anybody, yeah. That- I'm sorry to head you off like I did this morning, but it was, it was, it, man, I'm telling you, it was, it was a circus ride here this morning. Well, we we all have those days like that every yeah. now and again. I'm I'm glad everything's okay over there. Okay. You just had had quite a few visitors, so there's nothing yes, wrong sir. with that. Yeah. But uh, for anybody that wants to buy one of your books, then they can go to www.tomkellyinc.net. Yeah, tomkellyinc.net. Uh, tomkellyinc.net, and you've got your books on there for sale. And, and, they, and, uh, they, 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 it's all, everything on there is for sale. All the, Every book I've done has been taped, and the, the, tape is, the, the tape was made by me. There's a reading of every book I've got on that thing, and I do the reading. Yeah, that's uh, 
not often that you find an author that's written as many books as you have that's read each one of them, you know, for a book on tape or audio book. And yeah. uh, that's uh, something to definitely take advantage of when you when the man himself is reading the book. It's hard to hard to turn that down. Yeah. Yeah. So but um, if you haven't read any of Colonel Tom Kelly's books and please go visit the website and buy all of them they're they're all worth reading and and very entertaining and he is a uh a character indeed and in, in right. his writing you get to learn a lot of a lot of good turkey turkey okay. stories and a lot about his life so colonel right. thank you very much for your yes, time sir. today and all right you have a wonderful afternoon you too thank you all right all right goodbye Bye-bye. you were just listening to part three of episode three that was our interview with colonel tom kelly And that concludes our interview with Colonel Kelly. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly enjoyed having him on the show and interviewing him. And uh, if you would like to purchase one or all of his books, feel free to do so. You can buy those on his website at TomKellyInc.net. That's TomKellyInc.net. Or you can go to my website and buy them there. It is www.imturkeyhunting.com. Click on the store link at the top of the page, and then you can browse by category and uh, click on turkey hunting books and uh, purchase his books that way. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, Next episode, we're going to talk about gobble calls, how to gobble in that turkey. Look forward to seeing you next week. I hope you have a great week. Thanks for spending some of your time with us. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on Hunting Afternoon Birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.